The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King and Cameron Colley. Much everyone, and welcome to the Boys of Tech. This is episode 107 for Monday, 14 March 2011. I'm Edwin Herman. There are a couple of other hosts. First of all, Brett King joining us over Skype. Welcome along. Aloha, Brett. I think you're having dinner. You told me. I am. Well, what are you having? I well, decide for the time being. Oh, that's so polite of you. What, what were you having? <laughs> Befriending. Oh, yum. Mm hmm. Oh, I could do with some of that. Now, also introducing Cameron Colley from Queensland, Australia. Welcome along, Cameron. Greetings from the main island. Ah, oh, the, the main <laughs> island. I like that. Main island. Yeah, I've seen postcards of, of New Zealand, you know, North Island, South Island, and then you see a West Island. Yes. Uh, nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Queensland. Isn't that mostly Kiwis anyway? Oh, hell yeah. Are they, are they all over there? Is that where they go? Hello. Uh, well, we want to change the climate, you see. So we want somewhere warm. <laughs> so, you know, we, we go to the warmest part of, well, one of the warmest parts of Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Too, too, if you go up north, it's too hot. Yeah, too, too, yeah it's too hot further north, it's isn't too it? too hot. You know what that. Then you have to start licking your, your forearms like the kangaroos. <laughs> what? Only if you can't sweat. It's, it's how, they, how they cool down. They, they lick their forearms. They sweat. What the hell are you talking about? I've never heard of this. Yeah, yeah. I saw it in a documentary. Hey, look, I've got three. Are you sure you wasn't I've never seen them do that. Sure it wasn't pseudoscience, Ed? No, no. This is out. This is, a, a, you know, obviously not in the. You've been watching Hey Dad again, haven't you? <laughs> that no, it's not real, Ed. There is, none of the science in Hey Dad is, is based on anything real. <laughs> they just make, Nudge makes it all up. Yes. <laughs> no, no. This was a BBC thing. I, I should dig it out and play it to you, play the audio to you at some point because you obviously don't believe me. Anyway, I, I, I saw a funny story I wanted to to just read out. This is a serious, a police report that came through. It's it's not a, well, it's kind of funny, but it's actually a real police report on the police website and I got one of the alerts which I, I get for my radio station. And it goes like this. A family day out ends happily after a four-year-old child accidentally threw her favourite stuffed dolphin out the window whilst travelling on the southern motorway yesterday. Believing they could replace the toy, family members spent part of the day visiting stores to find another dolphin, only to have the child reject these vehemently. As a last resort, the distressed mother contacted police to help save the dolphin and her sanity when the child was inconsolable following the mishap. The dolphin was last seen up against the central medium barrier on the southern motorway between Orams and Hill Road. Enter a motorway support police officer who happily made it his duty to save the dolphin. Using his years of training, Officer Hodgetts was able to scoop up the dolphin without incident and return it to a very grateful mother. Police have been informed that four-year-old and dolphin are happily sleeping following an eventful adventure. Police are not looking for anyone else in connection with this incident. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like the standard liner yeah, clearly a slow news day as well. Yeah, th- that's exactly what my wife said when I re- read it out to her. Well, <laughs> it hasn't really been a slow news week. I think well, it's, people are looking for funny, entertaining, lighthearted diversions. To, to, yes, to put into the news because everything else is just horrible. I know, and we should really mention Japan, which I think is what you're alluding to. At least one of the things you're alluding mm. to the the terrible earthquake in Japan, eight point nine. 8.9, but most of the damage is because of the tsunami. I know. It was caused by it. And wasn't that such amazing footage of, the, I don't know just, if you saw it, I saw it on oh, the BBC website. Oh, was yeah, quite scary. Something you do not want to be in. Travelling at 80 k's an hour. Mm. A lot of it seemed to be fairly heavily edited too, just purely for the psychological effect it would have on people. Because I was watching, you know, the, the waves coming up to certain highways, and you'd see cars turn around, and then you'd see the wave water come up, and then they'd cut back, and i think, Oh, that's because yeah. all those cars got washed away and all. Uh-huh. You're just watching people die, essentially. So they're not yeah. going to put that on. Yeah. So <laughs> the parts where it actually is the occurrence of the bad badness. Yes, yes. They take you don't that away. That. Of course, mm. it makes sense. Well, but yeah. even seeing those cars, when you see those cars, it looks like just brown soup with matchbox cars swirling in it with, you know, yeah. 
matched yeah. to houses and it looks like just something some kids made but it's like no that's like real life that's yeah and that's that's actual size there so actual size I know. and oh the picture that sticks in my mind the most is of one of the the flooded areas with all the debris built up around a couple of the buildings and one of the building is just is on fire but the fire is like right at the water's edge so it just looks like the water is on fire in one area yeah yeah i saw that mm. and it was just Really shocking. It's just terrible. Mm. What is it with all these earthquakes? I don't know. We're just having one of those random spates. They yeah, happen. Has it ever been like this before? Or is this? Oh well, the, I, ne- I, I never believed the Mayan Nostradamus theory about 2012, but now I'm like, oh, geez, this is coming. This is coming a year earlier. Like every month now, we're going to get uh, something. Don't be bringing I, up that. No, it's just bad no. stuff. That's just, I don't. Well, I don't. I tell you, I don't believe in it. But it's just really <laughs> odd that it's like you know people go Happy New Year. Well, not really. No, it's been pretty crappy, really. Sometimes they occur this way. Yeah, it's true. One of the scariest things, though, is the uh, the nuclear emergency that they're facing, or possible mm. nuclear emergency. I mean, well, you didn't re- watch. You haven't seen the footage of one of their the explosions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's top. Yeah. <sighs> They're yeah, already passing out the iron. It's horrible. I know. It's really bad. The thing with the nuclear emergency is that, uh, you know, if there's uh, lady radiation uh, leak, I mean, that, that can go for years and years, decades. Yeah. Look at Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, the scary thing. Well, the whole thing's scary, really. Uh, yeah. The whole thing's scary, but there, any radioactive fallout is going to be a long-term scary, whereas once a tsunami's dried off, that's now, start to occur there. Is that is that if there, if it does go like a Chernobyl event, is that basically Tokyo is no longer Tokyo? I mean, is it that far? I mean, I'm not sure how the distance. I couldn't really quite tell my geography. Yeah, really bad, um, but. yeah, I'm not sure how far away they are, but I'm pr- I'm sure that Tokyo is a fairly built up area, and I know Japan. There's an island; it's not very big. Away. So, so I don't you think it would impact Tokyo? Okay. unless okay. they're in Tokyo, but I don't think they are. I think they're. No. But Tokyo, Tokyo was was. Not the worst affected at all. No, no, it was that was further north. Further that north. Got the, the full impact of the tsunami, and I'm pretty sure it is up further north where those nuclear reactors that were hit are. Oh, I see. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, turn away from some of that because uh, we're a tech podcast, and let's have a look at what's been happening in tech. Thankfully, nothing is disastrous. I wanted to kick off with a story about the Canadian initiative where they're proposing a ten dollar fee. For music sharing. So you pay $10 a month to your ISP, and that gives you a, pretty much a license to legally download as much as you want. For that month. For that month, yeah, that you paid your $10. Do you get to keep it? The, the stories out about this haven't really gone too far into it as to whether or not you get to listen to it, like stream it for the month. Like there are other many other services where you can pay like five bucks for a month and be able to stream any music you want from the service. But there's, uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything which says whether or not you get to keep well, the music you download, yeah, like if you bought it off iTunes, or if it is, <sighs> once again, you pay $10 and you only get to listen to it for that month. It didn't really say, did it? <clears throat> no, it didn't really say. But even so, would you, even if, it was, even if you could only legally listen to it during that month, is, is that a good idea? There are already services that offer that sort of thing. <clears throat> yeah, it works for Spotify in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah but one the, the, the over there, swear by it. But hang on, the difference with this one is that you're allowed to download the music from P2P networks or anywhere. It's, you don't have to go to a legit, yeah, but you can get it anywhere. How they would want it is that it's a $10 blanket extra fee that you have to pay. And if you don't want to pay it, you have to contact them and tell them and sign an agreement that you will not illegally file share. Oh, really? And they've got a quote at the bottom of it, which is pretty much sums up their opinion, and that is, People will pay the fee, and if they don't, then those are the people illegally file sharing. My question is: How do we? How do you know that it goes back to? Does it go back to the artists, or is it just some? Sort yes, of uh, this particular proposal is from a organization of songwriters, so it goes back oh, to so songwriters, yeah. composers, the mm. actual artists. It bypasses none of this fee would actually go to the music companies. Yeah, no, that's the main that. problem. That's the main and problem. They, with this yeah, one. they're they're in because. Sokar didn't even contact the the record labels to talk about this. They just went over them to get the money to their songwriters and stuff. That that's admirable, right? But the so whole enforcing it that you have to pay this license fee, even if you don't 
download music, even if you use uh, something like iTunes to purchase legal music, you'd still be forced to pay this $10 a month unless you opt out and sign something. Right. Yeah. Over here, it's called APRA and all radio stations pay the fee in order to play Australian music. Yeah. Well, hang on. There's two things here. There's the songwriters and, and the people who, who, who make the music, right? Yep. So that's one line. And like what you said here in Australasia, Australia and New Zealand, it's APRA. Oh, but okay. It's the, the same, other, it? Yeah, it's the same. But we've also got, a, the first Abe is, by the way, Australasian. But music always has two copyright holders, right? Mm. The other half of, of the equation is the, if you like, what they call the mechanical rights. And those are basically the, the music companies, the ones who produce the CDs and mix it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Now, they are also due copyright fees. And here in New Zealand, it's PPNZ. That's Phonographic Performances Limited. And by the way, just a little side note, when I receive, because as you know, I run a, a small radio station here, when I receive my letters from uh, uh, PPNZ, it's <laughs> the Phonographic Performances Limited looks at a glance like pornographic performances <laughs> <laughs> so at a glance, I'm thinking, what is this envelope in my little... Oh, no, it's phonographic. Of course, a very old, outdated word oh, now. That, that's hilarious. So just coming back to, to what we're saying, there's always two parties to the copyright. Mm. And, uh, you know, this proposal, just going back to this Canadian proposal, it answers half of the equation, but they really, you know, to be legal, they still have to address the issue of the you know, music companies and well, they have to approach approach them. I'd clarify it slightly further and I'd go, it attempts to cover one half of that equation, but it once again falls in the same hole as anything else. And it's the reason that most of these things wouldn't be able to get through in the first place is the fact that most legal systems and most governments are against opt-out systems of fees and payments. You shouldn't have to pay something and then decide to not have to pay something if you're not using it. That's a downside to that thing. I mean, yeah, if it was completely opt-in, it would be a lot better. Yeah, and then yeah. Also, if it was an it opt-in thing where you paid it, then yeah. you got access to a, you know something which facilitates a peer-to-peer download of legal music and you got to keep it. Instead and, of just streaming, and it gives them more teeth cool. when they're prosecuting as well, because it, they can actually say, "Look, there's a really easy way of doing it. You haven't done it. You knew about it, so yeah. you were warned. Yeah. Now we're going to nail you for whatever." Yeah. You know? That and is the other thing. They'd have to make sure that people know about the legal alternative, know about the fee, because there are so many other places where you can go and, uh, as I mentioned before, you know, pay five bucks a month and stream all the music you want. Yeah, well, that's fine. But there's services that aren't as widely known as other services. So there are legal methods already to get music, but they're just not as widely known as people would like. And that's just all about the way that they market and, and put out their publications. So... They should put more money into that and less money into wasting time trying to come up with ways of milking money out of the consumers. Yeah, I'd probably pay the $10 because then I could get all all you can eat. But then, like you say, there are other services that do it. and Do it cheaper. Yeah. And speaking of other illegal online content, have you seen that they are taking a tough line on illegal TV streamers? Ones they can get to easily. Mm. Oh, there's a lot of them out there. They're very lax on ones they can't get to easily, but they... Well, they, low, you take the low-hanging fruit first, don't you? Well, yeah. But they're also doing stuff kind of dodgy in the way that they, you know, first... Well, the first step in any of their takedowns of these things is kind of controversial in the way that they do it. What do they do? You tell us. They seize domain names without having to go through the court process well, where they you still have need an adversarial to, hearing. Yeah, but they still need to convince a federal judge that they can do that. Yeah, but that's all they need to do. There's no... Well, that's all right, isn't it? Well, no. There's When you seize property, there's generally... But it's like know, a warrant. The, the person it's, who owns it has recourse. But it's just like a warrant. This way, there's no recourse for it. But this isn't temporarily seizing something as part of a criminal process. This is them seizing it. And they now own it. The US government now owns it. They take it. It's not we take it and you can negotiate to get it back or whatever. It's we take it. It's now ours. You yeah, might but, have paid yeah, look, for if it, you, but if we you take found, it and it's ours. If you found a, I don't know, a gang and they were stealing motorcycles and they had a whole bunch of motorcycles, wouldn't it be okay for a cop to then go to a judge and say, look, we want a warrant to seize all the property? Mm-hmm. The judge says, yep, signs it off. And they go and seize all those motorcycles and take them away. And, and I would fine. like to see. What's, what's wrong with that? Because I would like after to see that, the statistics the, the, on that of the times that they get it wrong. 
Yeah, and they yeah. go to the wrong address and sees the wrong stuff. Well, then you appeal. Hmm. But there's no recourse for <laughs> this. That's what I'm saying. There's no recourse. They take it. There's no adversarial it. hearing. They don't go through the due process. They sidetrack it by just going to the judge and saying, this is Homeland Security. It's you know, intellectual property theft. We need to seize this. It becomes ours. Yeah. There's, there's no court case. There's, there's no, you don't go to your lawyer and argue. There's nowhere to call. There's no, Are you sure? Are you sure yeah, about that? That's, that's the point. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it's saying in the story. Hence, hence, a lot of people don't like this whole Homeland That's why it's controversial. Thing. Yeah. That's why this part of it is controversial. It's because not the prosecutions that are controversial. The, the part that's controversial is the fact that they seize the domain name without proper due process. There's no domain name holder being able to go, wait a minute, no, this is not it. Just like, as you were saying, if you were uh, the wrong person at the wrong house <laughs> when some police came around and tried to take your stuff, you have things you can go through to say no. Yeah. I mean, You're in the wrong place. Exactly. Imagine if you just happened to park your motorcycle in front of a house that was just about to get raided for motorcycles and you walked across the road to visit your friend, completely innocent party. The police come along and scoop up your bike as well as the, the 50 bikes in the shed, thinking it's all part of the one thing. You have the ability to go, no, 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 I'm this guy. I was visiting here. This bike is not part of this criminal organization and you'll get your bike back. In this case, there is no one to talk to. It's gone. It's over. It's finished. Yeah, but that, that's crazy. Surely there, there must be a, there must be recourse. Surely, George, ha- Bush, George Bush said no. <laughs> <laughs> what does Obama say then? He's doesn't he hasn't got around to it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's too busy working on their economic forecast. Where does it say there's no recourse? Because it says that they can seize the domain without an adversarial hearing, but that's not to, that's at the time. That's before they seize it. There's nothing to say that you can't go back and say, "Hang on, that I, you know, I'm, I'm innocent. Give me back my domain name." Surely they'll do that. Because mm. I, I think I think what they're saying is that there's no adversarial hearing at the time, so it's going to be seized anyway. But surely afterwards, you can go back and say, "Hey, look, that that wasn't me." You've got, no. you got your, you got the wrong guy. I'm sure there's a process to get your domain name back if you're, really? if you're the wrong guy. You're, you're that, that confident? I'm convinced there is, but you guys seem pretty convinced that there isn't. But let me take you through how they busted one guy called Brian McCarthy. Now, what he was doing is he, he wasn't even streaming stuff on his site. He was simply linking to it and using frames to, to show it on his website, but it wasn't actually hosted on his website. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he had ads running next to it, which kind of didn't really help his cause. What the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency did, which abbreviates to ICE, that's kind of cool acronym, isn't it? Mm. ICE, ICE. So what ICE? Did, <laughs> sounds so strange, doesn't it? What ICE did is they first went to the domain registrar. He registered ChannelSurfing.net. That's the name of his site. It was registered through Namecheap. So they went to Namecheap and asked for the records associated with that account. And the records showed that it was registered under the name Alan Allen, which was listed in Deer Park, Texas. And Mm. the email address associated with that was shivies at gmail.com. Now, remember that because we're going to come back to that one. So then they decided, well, what's Alan Allen? It's probably a pseudonym of some sort. I'm sure no no one out there is called Alan Allen. Are there? Is that safe to oh, say? I'm sure. Well, no, I would say there are probably people out there called Alan Allen. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Maybe they're even listening to our show right now. I hope so. If your name is Alan Allen, hi. You win a Boys of Tech prize pack. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> I don't know. It includes Edwin get- saying hi to you on the podcast. <laughs> and, and you get uh, the Boys of Tech free for the next year. It's free anyway. It's like a zero dollar value. Oh, come on. No, it's, 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 yeah, it's great. If your name really is Alan Allen, we can have you on the show and we can talk to you and you can, you can, be, be, you can be on the panel with us. Oh, exactly. For one show. You, you can How's give that? us the, you know. Because God knows you've had a hard enough life with that name. You, just, <laughs> <laughs> you deserve a break. <laughs> anyway, Name Cheap Records showed that it, it was registered to Alan Allen. So I wanted to pursue that further. Who is this Alan Allen? Well, they found that Alan had connected to his Namecheap account from an IP address that was controlled by Comcast. So obviously the IS, his ISP was Comcast. So they go to Comcast and they find out what they can there and they confirm that the IP address was linked to someone called David McCarthy who lives in Deer Park. Again, same address, so there's a match. So immediately they can tell, well, his real name probably is David McCarthy and Alan Allen was a pseudonym that he used for registering the domain name. 
So where do you go from there? They went to PayPal because Namecheap's records showed that the channelsurfing.net account had been paid from a PayPal account. So they go to PayPal and find out that the details against that account show the name Brian McCarthy and with the same email address, chevys at gmail. So there's a David McCarthy and a Brian McCarthy, so they're trying to figure out what's the connection, who's who, is it the same person, is it two people? Well, they actually found out through the public records that Brian was David's son and that he was 32 years old. So where to from here? They went to Gmail, because we know that the email address was chevys at gmail.com, and that was registered to Brian McCarthy at that same Deer Park address that Comcast had revealed. Now, his site had some ads, so they suspected he was making a bit of money out of that. How do they find out how much he made? Because that would be that would give them teeth for the prosecution. Well, they went to the ad network through which the ads were served up. That was Value Click and Epic Advertising. And through them, they found that he was paid at least $90,000. That's not a bad take, actually. I don't know how many... Uh, that is pretty good. I wonder how long... It, yeah, I was just going to say, I wonder how long... Yeah, I don't know. No, it doesn't years. say. I'm not really sure, but we can probably assume a couple of years. That's pretty good. Well, it's not bad as a side business. Yeah, exactly. It's not one of the big things, which is pulling in like 90, 100 grand a year. No, that would be spam. That would be awesome. Yeah, malware. 90 or 100 grand a year. Wow, that'd be nice. So anyway, where do they go to next? They went to the uh, DMV, the Texas Department of Motor Vehicles, to find out whether McCarthy actually lived with his father or whether it was a separate address. And the last thing they did is they got some local investigators to do some surveillance and they state, but they basically staked out the Deer Park address and confirmed that Brian appears to reside at that address and that his car is routinely parked there. And armed with that, they made the arrest and, uh, well, I guess the rest is history. The guy now faces up to five years in prison on that single charge. Single charge of linking to other sites off of his webpage. Yeah, see, that's, the, I guess, the big doggy point, isn't it? I mean, he wasn't mm. really hosting it, but... Yeah, he didn't you, you, host it. He was just linking. But he was making and money off it. Can you charge somebody for? Well, he for was just making money. He something. was making money off it, and I think that that's a big difference. Okay, the content wasn't served up from his website, but it was through his website, and I, I don't know. To, I, I, mm-hmm. I suspect that that kind of made a bit of a difference. I think the the biggest reason they went after him was because it was pretty easy because he was in America, so he was an easy fish to go after. Yeah, because a lot of the people hide behind international sort of, you know, either they are overseas or they, they well, indeed. host the and site overseas. <laughs> or they, It is incredibly difficult to prosecute somebody in a different country over a different country's laws when they are not in your country and haven't been in your country to commit any felonies. Exactly. You'd have to get them deported and you have to have agreements with that country beforehand, et cetera, et cetera. It's a real mm-hmm. mess. So, yeah, you're right. They kind of went for the easy guy first, but... That's kind of an insight into how it works. Mm. So if you are a budding entrepreneur trying to make money off of other people's work, don't use your own name at any step of the process. I think I would go as far as saying just don't do it. (laughs) Well, there is that, but we wouldn't be giving useful information and advice. (laughs) Okay, I want to talk about Facebook. This will get you guys interested. Facebook announced that they're soon going to start showing movies, streaming through Facebook. Now, you guys are both Facebook users. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm long enough to watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That and I wouldn't stream to watch a movie. Not with the amount of bandwidth cost it would take. Yeah, and why would I want to watch a movie in a tiny, tiny little 360p or whatever, a little square when I could watch a DVD? On my giant 50-inch television. Yes, but do you get to poke Batman? That's that's the question. Uh, no, you wouldn't get to poke Batman, but you would get to poke Warner Brothers. Ah, that'd be... No, you wow. wouldn't even get to poke Warner Brothers. You'd just get to like them because it's a company oh. site. It's a company page and it doesn't have the facility for You're poke. talking a different language. You're talking Facebook language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, for one, wouldn't watch movies through this, but it is a stroke of genius on Warner Brothers' part because, you know, other movie companies and other companies have set themselves up to deliver online movies, either streaming or via download, like Netflix and that sort of Mm. stuff that we've talked about before. But they're all on their own sites and have to build their own market share. 
Facebook has 500 million users. Exactly. I think already. it's a smart move. They've instantly, it's a massively smart yeah, move. Half a billion people. They, they put their stuff right in front of, you know, 500 million people. Boom. They don't have to spend yep. money and time building up market share. They the, can the, just the thing, piggyback off of Facebook. The thing I, I don't get, though, really, here's the thing I don't get. People only ever use Facebook at work, right? I would, I would disagree. No, I would say the vast majority of students and... No, no, no. You look around your workplace. Everyone's doing Facebook, right? No, no, oh, no, a lot no, of no, people no. But it doesn't matter. Everyone's just doing Facebook. You're just noticing yeah. it at work. Yeah, you're just noticing they, it at work because that's where you when, are. Ed. That's right. When those people if go you home, were at school using it at home. During lunchtime, yeah. that you would see it used there. No, if you were, surely not. These people that use it at work don't go yeah, home and use it, do they? I mean, they'd be sad. Yeah, they're on it all day. Yeah. Yes. You're telling and me all people the, spend the all day on wine? Facebook? No, they don't have to be at work and they're not major, mostly at work, Ed. Yeah, I'm sure they are. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Every- <laughs> I, okay, in my opinion, people who use Twitter, mainly Twitter from the toilet. Oh, you're just saying that because... <laughs> no, hey, no, you're going to use that. That's called generalization. That's- Speaking of Twitter, did you notice that they've asked third-party developers to stop making apps for Twitter? Stop making clients for Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Not not apps, yes. but clients. Well, that's what. Well, that's, that's all it is. That's you can't do anything else on Twitter. It's like you can play Mafia Wars or something. Yeah, you play there's games. There's all sorts on Twitter. What are you, what are you there's, talking there's, about? There's radio what are you sta- talking about? There's radio station played like for example, my radio oh, station tweets sh- out when it plays a song. That's not a client. That's a that's a tool. It. it they've that's stopped. Just, that's they've, just that. No. They've yeah. asked third party developers to stop making application clients. Is that better for you? Application mm. clients to use and send tweets. Yes, they yes. want you to use the Twitter app. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So they're, they're talking about what they're saying there. They don't want these people to make just yet another client. You can make tools and stuff. <laughs> yes, but that's yeah, that's right. Because it's all about the user experience. What they're saying is they don't want people. They, yeah. they want to yours, preserve yours, the Twitter yours, users. How do you make a tool and something that uses Twitter? Because wouldn't any tool? You have to tweet? Yes, but yes, they're but okay with that. They just, because yeah. you're not, I'm not actually, like my radio station tweets out the song that's playing every time, but there's no user experience. It's just a, a yeah. tweet. Mm. That's a that tool. Just be, that's just an automated thing that would be working. So that's more guy. utility. It's a utility, it. yeah. It's a yeah. tool. They're okay with that sort of stuff. And there's games yeah. as well, and little surveys and stuff that hook into it, into your mm. account. And they're okay with that. It's just I don't want yet another client for mm. people to, you know, to use. Like tweet deck, like they want to get all the money from their own client. Well, I mean, they say that, well, they don't make money from the client. They, their client's that, free. Ah, ah, see, this is just it. This is, this is what my thoughts are behind. You go on then, you tell us. This is what I think is going to happen. Should they allow All and Sundry to make all sorts of clients to interface with it? I, I believe that they're going to launch some sort of advertising model. Yep. That's going to be you running can advertise through, the, through Apple. Through. Yes, but also, also the clients, the standalone clients, so whether you use the, the Tweety. So mm. they're trying to minimize the amount of third-party people doing that in order to obviously gain maximum revenue. Do, so you, think, do, do you think that's what it's about? Yeah, I yeah. think that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. You don't well, see Wikipedia going, hey, we've made an app to interface with Wikipedia from all of the different smartphones you could have. Please stop making third-party apps to interface with Wikipedia. I mean, why in now? fact, the top ranking and the most useful Wikipedia interfacing app is not made by Wikipedia. No. <laughs> and they're not going to care. Yeah, and they're not going to care. No, it's, a, it's a non-for-profit, so. So you think it's all about the advertising dollar? Yep. Yes, yeah, something, something's coming in terms of an, an advertising uh, model that's going to run through all of the, orig- all the official Twitter clients, the, obviously the desktop, the website version, everything. Mm. So mm, the- I guess that's plausible, yeah. No, I could, well, I could buy that. Otherwise, they've, yeah. they've relied. They, they've relied on the, the, the growth of Twitter is because they released their API early on and people were just able to create their own clients, to manipulate the data, to do all sorts of things. Yeah. Why shut it down now? Yeah, exactly. There's got to be a reason why they want this central focus on only their official avenue of apps and, and clients and whatnot, and it can only be advertising. Hence, yep. they, have no, they have no model at the moment and they're supposedly worth a lot of money. And I think investors are saying... We'd like to see some in return for this, uh, you know, eighty billion dollar valuation we've given you. Yeah. So that's got to be it. It can't be anything else. Yeah, so it comes, I agree. It always, comes, it always it comes down to money every time. Yeah. You guys That'll are good. You guys asking. are good. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that will be why Warner Brothers has chosen Facebook to stream their movies in because mm-hmm. they get the best client group there. The the 
largest number. Well, yeah, that's about a, an instant in. audience, isn't it? It's an instant audience. It's got a an already established method of payment. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. It's it's all set. I mean, all the ducks are in a row. All you got to yeah. do is uh, kick it off, and away you go. That's right. Yeah, mind exactly. you, I th- mind you, I think three dollars for the Dark Knight's a bit steep, but hey, yeah. I mean, if they charge 50 cents, even I'd spend that just to see what the experience was like to watch a film. Um, and you get 48 hours to watch it and then it goes. Yeah, that was the other thing. We didn't talk about this. It's it's $3 US to rent the film, initially only released to people in America, but later yeah. on they're looking at other countries. And, yeah, you're right, Brett. You, you mentioned 48 hours in which to watch it. That, to me, seems a little, watch it. a little short. You've got a network issue. Your modem dies. Some workman cuts a cable down the way and boom. You've lost your three dollars. You just go to work, or you know you, <laughs> you can watch just it from go to the DVD store. And or is it, is it forty eight hours once you hit play? Probably less than three dollars. <laughs> do we do we know do we know what the actual you have forty eight hours in which to watch it? Yes, but is it after you hit play? I would say uh, it's after you've purchased it. Like yeah, most of but them. some of them, some of them do it on a. Uh, from what I've heard previously, if you if you pay for it, you have a month to watch it. Once you hit play, you have 48 hours. Yeah, that's a common thing. There's this two that's, sort of periods. Yeah, yeah. It's generally, yeah. And the 48 hours is generally after you've hit play as opposed to just buying it and then saying, I've, I've got that up my sleeve. And yeah, we, we haven't, that, won't, that won't impact on you having, you know, things go wrong with your connection. Yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right. Once you, it's once you start, yeah, you're right. It's, them to watch the whole thing. Yeah, exactly, because oh. once you start play, I mean, you know, you've got 48 hours and if something happens or you – I don't know. It, it seems a bit, mm, bit quick to me, but yeah. And so, would, and not only that, five hundred million uses, three bucks. Come on, a dollar tops. It's not even a brand new film. Yeah, exactly. Oh, which one are you talking about, Dark Knight? Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's not the only film they're streaming. Well, well, it's, it's the first one they're streaming. It's the only one they're streaming at the moment. They're hmm. starting with the Dark Knight. Yeah, sure, but, but they'll, 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 there, be other films will follow. But there will always be films that are several years out of service. Because yeah, so three dollars is a bit steep for on, a... the, on the the stuff that's on it, the the movies now or recently on the movies, because they don't want to impinge on the cinema fees. They don't want to impinge on the people buying the DVD or the Blu-ray disc. They want all of those people to have their chance to fork out some oh, cash. So it's going to be after all of that before it comes in there. Mm. So it's going to be many months, many months or years. You know, a year behind any of the other releases that it comes out on Facebook, and by then it's in the three dollars a night rent out the DVD. <laughs> yeah, it does. Now that you mention that, it does seem a little steep for, for what amounts to an old movie, really. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Because you could probably buy a second-hand copy somewhere for three bucks on DVD and own it forever and play it whenever you want. And if you exactly. stop it, it, it's not going to disappear off your shelf within 48 hours. So Precisely. Yeah. Well, they think they have a model, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think they will have to adjust their model. Because I don't think their pricing is going to be well. I mean, we good. we wouldn't go for it, but sure, maybe there's a whole mess oh, yeah, of people out there that will, that's, and that's all that's they care about. Five hundred million people who use Facebook. Not all of them are going to be as tech savvy or as discerning. <laughs> well, just consumer savvy, really. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if they're ever going to start streaming the social network. That would be kind of funny. Oh, <laughs> that would be good. Oh, I'd probably not. Because didn't they? Oh, didn't the dude suck no, it? No, he liked it. You sure? Yeah, he took. Well, hello, he he paid. He bought out an entire cinema and took ah. all the face and took all the Facebook staff to go and see it. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. Because I remember yeah. reading his uh, reading a review from him about it, where he was going, "Oh, it's completely made up." Oh no, but he he, he I mean, he liked it as a film, uh, I think. Uh, but yeah, no, he he agrees it's completely made up, and I think most people realize it's completely made up. Yeah, I mean, there are elements of truth, but that's not what happened. Hmm. And I, I think most people realize that's not what happened. I mean, not exactly, anyway. It's it's definitely, you know, it's been Hollywoodized, so to speak. And from one internet giant to another, something that we haven't mentioned that's been running since January is the Google Science Fair, which is due to close, well, at least admissions are going to close next month. Mm. And it's not just for the US, like you would expect. It's a global science Absolutely. fair, an online global science fair where you know, students 13 to 18 can submit their science projects in a whole range of different categories. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I, you know what? I wish I was between 13 and 18 now because I'd love to take part in this. Oh, I'm it's, sure it'll be much more fun than the science fairs we did as kids. Oh, I know. I know. So some of the categories are computer science and maths, 
Earth and Environmental Sciences, Behavioural and Social Sciences, Flora and Fauna, Energy and Space, Inventions mm-hmm. and Innovation, Physics, Biology, Chemistry, Food Science, and Electricity and Electronics. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes yeah, out. Inventions and Innovation. Yeah, I know. That's What I'm, a topic. Absolutely. So look, if you're, if you're listening to our podcast now and you're between 13 and 18... Check out google.com slash events slash science fair and consider entering. You've only got a little bit left to go. Uh, 4th of April, I think, is the, the close-off yeah, date. Yeah. yeah, but uh, definitely, you know, make the most of it. This is your chance, and there's going to be some awesome stuff. I know, I just know it. There's going to be some awesome stuff coming out of this. There's going to be some great stuff, and we're going to make sure we have a look at what comes out of the submissions after this is closed. I reckon there's like a hundred kids all submitting those volcanoes that erupt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, baking soda that, and, and vinegar. That tends to be that tends to be the token, <laughs> the token science fair entry. Oh, that's the token. Don't forget the rockets. For elementary school. Come on. Oh, okay. well, what about the rockets? The compressed air rockets. No, that's the I would things. I would see to eighteen. There should be you know quality stuff like the stuff that we used to do as kids. No. <laughs> Make your silly mm. three-sided cardboard display with photos of things growing in different substrates. I want to see a perpetual motion machine. Under in, fa- in fact, in fact, the one that one that gets faster. <laughs> oh yeah, an ever-increasing one until it. What would happen? That's <laughs> something right. that completely destroys the laws of physics. Yeah, like like Lisa made and Homer said in this in this house we will obey the laws of thermodynamics. And he like smashes it. <laughs> yes, because it was getting faster. <laughs> A perpetual motion machine was getting faster, increasing energy. It was awesome. Yeah, good times. So what would you guys submit if, if you were eligible to? Yeah. <laughs> I would invent something. What? I don't know what it would be, but it would right. be cool. And I would call it It and codename it Ginger. I'd submit a rocket with compressed air. <laughs> Only because I'm right, I've got no ideas right now. Could do it. No, no. The world's largest compressed air rocket, made up of ten thousand soda bottles, with See, a share on top. that runs so on Pepsi and Mentos. Oh yeah, Pepsi and, <laughs> Pepsi and Mentos. Oh yes, that's <laughs> actually I did that. I did that in my front lawn with my daughter not long ago. It's, it's, be, it's a lot of fun. Don't forget, it's got to be diet. Yeah, you know what? I didn't have diet. Really, I, it has to be diet. Yeah, it's, yeah it has it's, to be diet. Much better a, result. Artificial sugars in it. Yeah, oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, much better result. Diet, it's a diet one you want. But I actually did it without the diet because I bought some cheap, eighty cent, no brand cola, and it and it was sugar. It wasn't diet, and it still worked. But mm. you do get a better result when you it's do get the a diet much stuff. better result when it's the diet stuff. There's been scientific studies on the what makes the the Mentos and soda work. Yeah, you could turn that into a volcano. You could yeah, exactly That's a brilliant volcano. Yeah, better than yeah. the uh, baking soda and vinegar one. Yeah. I'd, love see, I'd love to see some kid just like turn up with like some sort of device that opens a wormhole to a parallel dimension and Whoa, oh, string theory. Because yeah, then we, he could open that up and get a kid in the parallel universe, probably himself, to do his homework for him. Maybe. <laughs> That'd be like the perpetual homework machine. Ah. Ah, interesting. Or, you know, we wouldn't need to. We'd just steal their oil instead of using our own. Exactly. So many uses. So many uses. It's another oh, somebody's going to make a lot of money when they discover how to do that. How to exactly. bend, break the laws. Another, of another world to exploit. We can trash their world and keep ours nice and clean. Yeah. Oh, lovely! We, we can send like all of our rubbish. TV Think show. About it. Oh, wait, we it can, is. <laughs> we could, we could have nuclear energy and just push it back into their world. Oh, but yeah. that's terrible. Well, that's okay. That's their fault. They should have worked it out sooner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the battle of the worlds. They'll exactly. Battle of the worlds. We have a concrete yeah. thing around the other end of the doorway. That's it. That's or they'll fault. just push it back through. Well, no, no. It's a, it's a one-way wormhole. Ah, <laughs> oh, like Stargate. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> With the one-way. I'd much rather have a two-way wormhole because that way you could find your other self and you could play tennis. But then you would never win because they'd be just as good as you. But would they? Because they're from an alternative universe so it might have been a you that never played tennis before yeah but there might be the might you, the one, it might be the, the you that won Wimbledon true <laughs> or you could accidentally open up a dimensional portal to the the universe which is just full of shrimp maybe nothing but shrimp mm, yum that, or the root with uh, a moose I could dine there that then your wife or girlfriend could fall in love with the other you and not you ah 
Oh, and then would it children- really be cheating? Oh, look. <laughs> I'm going to have to rein you. You guys are wondering how long you're going to go without me reining you in, aren't you? Uh, no, no, Brent, I need just the parallel universe show where we just talk about possible scenarios of things that could happen if you could yes. open a wormhole. That's oh. it. Welcome to this week's wormhole show. <laughs> Today we talked to Brent's alternate universe self. <laughs> He's a fry cook in Phoenix. Hey, I was supposed to be reining you guys in, but you're you're off again. I want to I want to talk about the the fact that stamps might be going one day because in Sweden and Denmark they've got a new system which does away with stamps, postage stamps. We're talking about here, not the little smiley face ones you put on your hand. But no, uh, the postage stamps are, are going well. They're not actually going, but there's an alternative method. What you can do now is text a stamp. A text to virtual stamp. So you send a text message to a to a number, and you get charged, obviously, and yeah. you get back a code, and you simply write the code in place of where you would put the stamp on the envelope, uh, and that's your postage. And they just have their OCR software recognize and credit off their different numbers. On Absolutely, the they can validate the, it through. Yeah, exactly. As as it goes through the machine that reads the address, it reads the stamp number. And, oh, but yeah. what about people just? Randomly writing a number now, yeah, see, or that, using that, a number that's been used before. Well, that is probably going to happen, but you know, at the moment they get they get fraud and cheats anyway with with, yeah, with true, physical true. stamps. So they're going to get that. And you're right, Brett. They have to you know monitor that and and, yeah. and refine yeah. you know make the codes long enough or complicated enough. But yeah. uh, there are yeah limits. But yes, that that is one of the the things they they need to to keep an eye on. Yeah, but even even if people do do that. As you said, they're doing it already with fake stamps. Yes, and, they are. And yeah. Reusing stamps that have already been Absolutely. used. Absolutely, rub off the uh, po- yeah, what do you call it? Postmark. The postmark. Yeah. Mm. So the stamp fraud would probably, even if it's slightly increased, would probably still cost less. Yeah, because the, the whole thing about this, as you just touched on, is the fact they don't. Ha- there's no more costs now for people using that service. There's there's less cost because they don't have to produce any physical stamps. Yeah. But uh, you know what? I, the thing I like most about this is the fact that you don't actually have to go to the post office or somewhere to get a stamp that you don't have. Oh, precisely. That's the the biggest thing. You know, it's you, you know you, you grab your cell phone, where you go, and sure you need to go somewhere to post it, but that's often not the post office. There, there might be a post box on your way to work or something. Yep. So that's the thing I like the most about that. Yeah, but I, of be- course, I'm not in Denmark nor Sweden, so I can't use it. Oh. NZ Post is quite innovative. Who knows until how long it takes yeah. them to pick up an idea like this too. Well, I tell you what, the Swiss have a system, and I think they were first in the world for this, but I think the US have now started this as well. In Switzerland, what they've now done is they've got a system that allows you to do away with physical mail. Instead of go to the post office, they open it and scan it for you, and you get the, the scanned stuff. I think we might have even covered this on the show. Yeah, I'm not we sure. did. We did cover this yeah, on so a ago, previous yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. Where instead of, yeah, you can get a scanned copy of it. It's if you're away and you're getting stuff delivered to a post just, box. Yeah, or we can just have you it can permanently get it, if you like. I think I'd sort of like to receive actual physical mail for some of it. Nothing quite like that tactile sense of actual paper. That's why I like books. I like books. I don't like mail. I don't care about mail. Well, most mail these days is bills, so. Yeah, I guess. I'm not particularly caring about those. Just email it. Just email it to me. It's hard to email a package. Well, that package is different. But if I had a wormhole litter box, they could just like. Oh, not the wormholes again. Oh, true. Yeah, imagine that. Because you could give it to somebody else and then open it. They would open a different wormhole to the destination and then just hand it through. Yeah. Well, Unless, no, of course, stop, each and every time stop. you did a wormhole, it went to a different universe. So you'd give it to the other universe. They would then open a wormhole back to give it to the person you d- intended to deliver it to. But it gave it to an alternative universe of that person as well. So it gets <laughs> lost lost in the infinite universes, unable to be tracked. Excuse me, can, no, I, put, I, can, I, can I, I put my hand be, up? It would be the new excuse for losing your homework. It would be like, yeah. oh, I sent it via dimensional portal, but obviously okay. it got lost. But I've been a wormhole from, like, Australia, like from the post office. When the man just like pushes it through like a little slot and just magically appears in your letterbox. That there's no delivery. Awesome. There's, there's, there's no there's no mail, guys. You've just gone you get- back to wormholes and I'm trying to rein you in again. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, we'll talk about what it wants to talk about. <laughs> you want to talk about now, Ed? Oh, you guys are so patronizing. Pwn to own. I'm talking about pwn to own. Own to own. Awesome. Yes. The competition's on again this year. And what have we got? We've knocked out IE8, uh, mm. Safari, that was the first to go iPhone yep. and BlackBerry. Now, interestingly, oh, and- go. Oh. Yeah, well, Android and what was the other one? Android and Chrome have not no. been done, but no one's attempted them. Yeah, no one's attempted them because they've always been they've been too sidetracked. 
by the other ones. All Windows Phone 7. Nobody's tried that yet. No, that won't take long. Yeah. And Firefox. The people who had said they were going to do that, they've all pulled out for yeah, they pulled many out. various reasons. The main guy who's going to go after Windows oh. 7 itself, not Windows Phone 7, but Windows 7, was Geohot. And we talked about him previously because he was the guy who released the, the master key for jailbreaking PlayStation ah, 3s. Ah, yes. So he's, he's pulled out to focus on his legal defenses, obviously. Uh, <laughs> we, we, should get, we should get him on the show. That would be awesome. That would be mm. good. Yeah. Anyway, so tell us about the hack on Safari and iPhone 4. You're starting trouble now, aren't you, Brett? No. I'm just interested in the fact, well, <laughs> I already knew the iPhone 4 was uh, an insecure. Yeah, insecure the, we, yeah we, know, we know about that. The, the iPhone 4 doesn't have very good security when we know that. No, but iPhone, the new iOS, which was released last week, has improved that somewhat. Yeah, now we have to say, I think it was within a week of the contest, Apple had released an update. But the way the contest is running this year is the versions that they agreed to, to attack are frozen a week before. Yeah, so, yeah. So they were allowed to, heck, I think, was it 4.2.1, I believe. 4.2.1, was it? And then 4.3 has come out. Yeah, 4.3 has been with de- you know, with, in Dev's hands for months. Yeah, so... so, so it's, not a, it's not a response to this hack. It is a, and just the yeah. a regular update in their own security. And they system. actually and, have oh. hacked that as well. They've hacked 4.3 as well. They have? Yep. It's been it's done. It's a lot harder, that's right. Mm. Yeah, it was harder, harder, but they've managed to do it. The, the easy vulnerabilities have been addressed in 4.3, but, but there are still others. So you can't really conclude a lot now because there's a bunch of stuff that hasn't even been attempted. So until it's attempted, you don't really know how well they stand up. Yeah. Well, they did say Safari was the first thing to go down. It went down real easy. Yeah, that's true. It did. That's not good. No. But it's still the best browser. No, that would be Chrome. No, oh, here we go. Browser Wars. What do you use, Cameron? I use Chrome. Oh, I use Chrome uh, as well. See, I agree that Chrome... I use Chrome because it is the best. It, oh. It's fast. It's mm-hmm. relatively footprint. secure. It's got a yeah. relatively small footprint. It runs most of the external sorts of plugins pretty well. But doesn't uh, do H.264. Uh, yeah, but I don't use it. <laughs> no, neither do I. I actually use Firefox. But hang on. Oh, so you think Chrome is, you're saying, Brad, Chrome is better, but you use Firefox. But I use Firefox. No, I don't use Firefox. I I used to love it. I was a big Firefox fan. I pushed it to everyone. And then it just got this, became this bloated, big, fat piece of mess. I I found that as well. It had memory leaks. I mean. The new beta is just horribly constantly. It's just, oh. It's the worst sort of, it's the worst beta I've seen of the Firefox betas come out. It's off the bat, just really crashy and slow. Looks nice. I will give it that. It They've really gone for a nice, very Chrome-esque styling. But yeah, its actual performance was shockingly poor when yeah. I was trying the, the new beta. So I went yeah, back to some- an older version of Firefox that I was very happy with. Firefox will always be remembered as the browser that took the mainstream away from Internet Explorer and allowed... Most people to realize that the internet just didn't start with that big blue E in the corner that you clicked on, that there was oh, exactly. such a thing as, as, you know, even still today, though, I come across people who say, a browser, what do you mean? I, I just use Google to look at the internet. It's like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. And they just use Internet Explorer because they have no idea what they're even doing. They're just clicking well, on indeed. this button. It's, it's and just a button on that, your computer that makes the internet button on the computer that, that, that makes the internet happen, exactly. And I think uh, Firefox, is, we always be remembered as the browser that, that did it, but, man, they dropped the ball and they dropped it hard and... It, what was once yeah. a, a first division team is now languishing in third division, soon to be and soon, it's to, soon to fade so away. Disappointing because it, it was because they came from Mozilla, from exactly. this bloated, ridiculous behemoth of a browser to become this brilliant, streamlined, focused browser. But now it's becoming the new Mozilla. It has just become bloated. I tell you what's really rare these days are people who remember Internet Explorer as the one that took people away from Netscape. Oh, yeah. Netscape. I mean, we, we've been around long enough to remember that, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. definitely. We remember Netscape 1.1. Netscape was, I like when Netscape. When you actually got to have pictures. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Netscape until right, version was 3. Mosaic. God. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I first used Mosaic. Yeah, I remember Mosaic. Oh, and then in, it was in CSA. Net- oh, I remember. In CSA Mosaic. Yeah. And then we got Netscape 1.1 and it, it did pictures and stuff, and it was like, look at the extra dimension mm-hmm. to the web. 
It's yeah. not just a page of text. And it's not just an IP address at the top of the page. It's actually yeah. like it has a <laughs> www dot in the front. It has a name. Yeah, uh, it was crazy. Now we're just back showing our age. I know. <laughs> I used to have to crank up my computer to get it working, <laughs> and it took a bit of time to warm up. Isn't it funny? Fifteen years. Fifteen years in internet terms is just like a, a it's lifetime. Like 100. It's a hundred. Yeah. yeah, it's a hundred. Yeah, yeah it's I, I reckon. Years in any other industry. Yeah, pretty much. I would agree. I, I used to wear an onion on my belt, which so was quickly. <laughs> it's it's like cat years. It goes as fast as cat years. Mm. Right. Australia registers its two millionth domain name. Wow. Wow. That's like so impressive. Some no, I, I'm not actually up. impressed by two million domain names. I, I, that that figure, that piece of news, doesn't give me any sort of jolly. What I would like to know Thank God is what that. was the two millionth. Yeah, I wanted to know was that too. Porn? What was the two millionth? It was porn. You know it. <laughs> was it a porn site? No, oh, yeah. it was Drinkle. Drinkle.com. Before this milestone. Yeah, no. Some guys sitting there registering the name and suddenly the computer starts like flashing and then these balloons and confetti drop down around his head. Yeah, but but then he'll go, what virus has infected my head? Yeah, or or, um, am I getting served up an ad again? You're the two millionth customer. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Who's going to believe that? Yeah. (laughs) He almost wanted to. You know, it could be some person who's known that two million was rolling around pretty soon. And so for the last week or so before the two millionth happened, every minute of the day they registered a new dot AU so that they could get the two million. You reckon? No. They don't, they don't say which one it is. They don't say which one it no, is. No, they don't say what it was. They've said all of this hoopla about how it, you know, shows that, well, it, it, it's made Australia the, the 10th largest growing online domain thingy-me. Uh, <laughs> that means nothing. And the showing the commitment to Australians embracing the online world. But they didn't actually fanfare the domain that was the two millionth, which means they either don't know which was the two millionth or the two millionth was a website that they don't want to tell. <laughs> they don't want to say that this website was the two millionth because yep. it's spam place. Yeah. The other thing to consider, though, is the fact that, sure, the two millionth was registered, but it no longer is the two millionth actual domain name. Because on that same day, certain domains would have expired and fallen back into the public domain. Precisely. So, sure, it might have been the two millionth registered, but it's not the two millionth domain name. It's not like we have two million domain names, full stop. It's probably lower than that. Or it's probably moved on past that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So it's a bizarre story about possibilities that, just didn't happen. But if you went through a wormhole, there still could be that. No, <laughs> not the wormholes. Not the wormholes. You went through a wormhole, which yeah. happened to be like a week or so in the past. Oh, here we you go. Exactly. Right now. And right, now I'm going to be doomed. In fact, yeah. you could keep, you could keep jumping through wormholes and keep seeing. I yeah. have introduced time travel into our wormhole talk. You could keep visiting infinite worlds and keep seeing different alternate universes of two million domain names being registered. Oh, precisely. And you could see whether or not all of them were of the same kind. <laughs> but in fact, you, if it was infinite, you would. You would, see, you would see everything. You would see every single domain name being registered as well as just the same one being registered forever. <laughs> okay. I'm never going to invite you guys on the show again. I'm going to do it myself from now on. Yeah, good luck doing it on your own. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but if you go to a wormhole, you could get other Edwins around. Oh, then- no. Oh, precisely. We could just replace you with exactly. an alternate Edwin who loves wormhole exactly, talk. Exactly, because there's probably there's an infinite amount of them. Look, you guys, <laughs> you guys should do your own podcast on wormholes and whatnot. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> the boys of making stuff up. And I'll gladly offer not to host. In, In fact, fact, not to like, even be involved. I think it'd be great to go through a wormhole, find another version of Brett that knows just as much about chips as he does. Oh, potato chips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and that was you're talking about last episode, aren't you? Yeah. A fight to the death over potato chip names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, look, Brett, you wanted to talk about some of the reasons not to get an Apple iPad 2. Now, you know, I just Ke- thought Cameron it was and I, a funny story. Cameron yeah. and I are going like, there are no reasons. But you reckon there are five good reasons, so why don't you take us through <laughs> no, them? No, no, no. no, no. He I reckon 
CDNet has come up with five. Exactly, exactly. He found an article (laughs) that came up with five. I found a very good article, which basically said what I was talking about when we were having our iPad 2 discussion. Okay, what does CDNet say about that? (laughs) The first is that it is basically the same as the old one. There's no new, no, you know, particularly new. There are cameras. It's thinner. It's lighter. It's thinner, lighter. It's lighter. It's It's got cameras. And if you've got an iPad, what other iPad? product are you almost certainly likely to have, which also has a front and rear-facing camera and is a better unit for doing that. An iPhone? Exactly. Which brings me to point number two from the ZDNet story, which is you don't need one. The common uses for the iPad include reading newspapers, magazines and books, browsing the internet, playing games and consuming multimedia such as movies, TV shows and music. And here is exactly reiterated in different words what I reiterated. Every one of those functions, the iPad might look good at doing, but there is a better or already existing medium for you to do all of those things, which means you don't need to get an iPad. Maybe this is a good time for me to bring up the wormhole right now. <laughs> you just want to shove right into it. <laughs> and then, and then smash the machine so he can't come the back. Fact that the, the iPad is not the be-all and end-all of internet-enabled devices. All right, what's, the, re, what's reason number three then, Brett? What's reason number reason three? Reason number three is the competitive landscape is about to open up. Lots mm. of things are coming out. Yeah, Cameron's yeah, scoffing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, of course. That's funny. <laughs> the fourth is it costs too much. Agreed. You can get other devices which do exactly the same thing, have more features. Are you serious? They're comparison. They can, they're, they're comparing an Optus MyTab tablet. You yeah, be all me. the basic stuff that you would do with an iPad. No, that's yeah. just ridiculous. Ah, it's perfectly good. And my favorite one, which I thought would be the best one to niggle at you two, <laughs> would be number five. Apple fandom is so two years ago. <laughs> Are you call, you're crowd, calling me an Apple fanboy, fan aren't you? With an iPhone, a MacBook Pro, and an iPad, you're really just not cool. <laughs> I Look, I, yeah, I'm, this. Uh, I read this. I read this article, and then you and thought of us. Flashback to our conversation, and you two, the Mac fanboys. <laughs> I think if you see, I know Renee who wrote the article, and I think he's just like joking. He's not being serious. Has he 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 got one? Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, you can probably get him on the show if I give him a call. Well, why don't we? Why don't we get him on the show next week? Mm, He's a cool guy. He he runs a blog called Delimiter. Do you guys read Delimiter? No, I don't, but tell us about it. Well, it's a cool tech blog, basically, Delimiter, and there's a couple of them and they they blog. It's like TechCrunch, but Australia. So what's what's Uh, the address for that? Delimiter.com.au? Delimiter.com.au, yeah. So that's not, was that the two millionth one? No, it can't have been. That's because that's no, not a normal it's existed for a while. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure Renee is, it's tongue in cheek. I, I have a feeling. Seriously? Do you really think <laughs> yeah, so? Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I the do. The way I that it's written, so. I would, I don't think it's, no, but I think if you, it, if you read the com- it's, 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 but if you read the comments, they're all, they're all laughing saying, yeah, good one, Renee. That was really funny. <laughs> because it's not, it's, yeah, I don't know. He might be serious. But yeah, I've got a funny feeling. He's I think he makes cheek. some pretty good points. No, but he, yeah, but he does. But anyone, anyone trying to write the opposite in terms of trying to get, you know, grab a decent headline. I mean, that's a great headline. Five reasons not to buy an Apple yep. iPad 2. I mean, I read the article. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. I mean, the opt- I mean, that's what made me laugh is when I saw him compare the Optus MyTab tablet, that's when I know. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the Optus MyTab tablet. That I is, took that part of be. there as comparing one particular part of what the iPad does, like he was doing with the other things. Yeah, there are many different yeah. devices that you already exist that provide the same functionality. Why would you, you know, if you're out and about, why would you browse on an iPad when you've got your iPhone? There's these multi-cross-purpose devices. Why do I need another device which does exactly the same thing as three other devices I already own? But it has an Apple on the back. Yeah, that's it. I've got an iPhone and that's got an Apple on the back. So, But you need you need as many of them as possible, Brett. Don't you, did, where have you been? Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm not Brett, an iPhone people, yet. I don't have an Apple branded on the back of my head with a barcode under it. See, this is where we I don't to, have a secret shrine Brett. to Steve Jobs. In the <laughs> somewhere out there, somewhere out in the universe is, a, is an Apple fanboy version of Brett, which I need to well, bring Well, you know, somewhere out, if we went through this, the, the dimensional wormhole, somewhere out there we would find that Apple was actually invented by Brett. Now, that's hey, a scary thought. I bet, I bet you're scared Brett by that King thought is too. The head of Apple in one of those many dimensions. Oh. In one of them, 
Edwin Herman is the head of Microsoft. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Hmm. At least I'll be rich. No, no, this is the thing. That Microsoft failed. It's never done anything. Yeah, yeah. The CEO got rich. No, no, no. no, that, no. You went into Microsoft laboratory services. You are yeah. sole owner and CEO of Microsoft. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. And they just make cheap calculator watches that are sold at markets. I'm going to wrap this up now (laughs) I'm going to wrap this up Cameron from Drinkle I want to thank you very much for joining us once again on the Boys of Tech episode 107 Thank you very much It's a pleasure having you on the show Likewise Brett King Thank you very much once again Always a pleasure Ed And we'll do it all again next week Till then thank you for listening Bye 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 You're always yeah. running hard. I know. Hard drive space head. Yes, but, uh, 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 like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just walked past the microwave oven that was on. <laughs> he throws rubbish into it. What was that? That's like a car or a truck or something. That was a car. That was a really loud, bad exhaust car. Yeah. Oh, my house. Australia is the world's most arid continent with blistering daytime temperatures. Any kangaroo out in the open is in serious danger of overheating. So they lick saliva onto their forearms, where there is a network of blood vessels close to the surface of the skin, and as the saliva evaporates, their blood is cooled.